Well, folks, in the words of Pharrell Williams, it might seem crazy what I'm about to say, but we have reached the end of the year and it is officially happy list time here on the wrestling podcast. That's wrestling spelled W-R-S-T-L-I-N-G. It's all of the graps, but without the E. But of course, me and G, we're not anti-E, we're simply pro-wrestling. My name is Liam. This dude is Gareth. Hi. And folks, we welcome you back to the wrestling podcast had a wonderful year enjoying your company so really appreciate you spending your time with us and of course this is the second annual happy list the end of year list with a twist whereby we rank the 10 wrestlers or acts as the case may be that have made us happiest throughout the year 2021 so not one of your who's the best wrestler or who's had the best match. We don't know any of that stuff. We're just going to tell you who made us happy. You put a smile on our face for various different reasons. Gareth, a couple of those reasons could be... They have just been entertaining as hell. They've had... It might be that they've had the best matches. It might be that they are amazing promos. It might be that they're, they just make the world a better place. There we go. There's all manner of reasons in which... These wrestlers have made us happy. So let's get stuck in. Uh, We'll go quickly through last year's list, just as a bit of an aid memoir. So Gareth, you've got the the top 10 or or something. Last year's list, we finalized as after much debate, as Mesa Ruger at number 10, Calvin Tankman at number nine. Uh, Number eight was Kazuchika Okada. Seven was Chris Brooks. Six was Julia. Number five was Alex Shelley. Number four was Minoru Suzuki. Number three was Mayu Watani. Uh, number two, scooping joint honors was Shingo and Kota Ibushi. And at number one was Go Shiozaki after that marvelous GHC heavyweight title run, run he'd been on. We also realized after the fact that uh, Maki Ito should have been on the list and dropped off. So honorable mention to Maki Ito from last year. There you Which- go. Okay. Well, we are going to right the wrongs this year and make sure that we record what we're saying as we are saying it this time as opposed to trying to store it in our tiny little brains we were still learning we were only babies we were, that was episode 13 we, we were excited but you know look this is a more measured list there's been a lot of thought gone into this headaches i would say oh, and it's been a nightmare <laughs> Yeah, put it and simply. You know, I had a huge shortlist for this. Shortlist mm-hmm. is a misnomer, really, but um, there was a, a huge shortlist for this. And, you know, as I felt like a Premier League manager, I had selection issues here. My bench was massive <laughs> and still is. <laughs> for, for me, you know, if you'd given me longer before we recorded this, the, the list would have kept changing and changing, you know, like I kept going back to it and editing it. And I just had to sort of draw a line underneath it and go, well, that's just how it has to stay now. <laughs> That's it. At one point, you just got to hit record and crystallize it, and you wrestle with those decisions for the remaining, you know, portion of the year, and see what the people say. Worth bearing in mind, this isn't an exhaustive list. You know, we've not seen every single wrestler, we've not seen no. every single match. You know, it's impossible. So this is just purely based off of what Liam and I have caught through Christmas 2020 through to now Christmas Eve. 2021 there we go all right folks well without further ado let's jump in with the most precarious position (laughs) on the list number 10 gareth would you like to open us up absolutely 
So I went for someone at number 10 who I think has had a tremendous year. I think they've really broken out. They wrestled all over the place. And every time they show up somewhere, uh, I'm tremendously happy to see them on a card. I'm speaking of none other than Oscar, a.k.a. Venny. Oh, fantastic shout. Excellent shout. It's really interesting because I was looking at the name that I had at number 10. Mm -hmm. And as soon as you said they'd had a breakout year, I was like, oh, we're talking about somebody different. (laughs) (laughs) But you're right. Oscar, let's just refer to them as Oscar for now. Oscar has had a brilliant year. And you're right. Wherever they've popped up, be it Seedling or in Gambare or Tokyo Joshi Pro or AEW even. AEW even always very pleased to see them and Mm -hmm. they very much feel like the next evolution of professional wrestling what I see from Asuka is always so different Mm -hmm. and so explosive and I'm really really intrigued to see where they go in the year 2022. I think as well they really exemplify what can be achieved as a freelancer in Japan. Bang on. Absolutely. And I dare say they won't be the only freelancer mentioned on this Mm -hmm. list. Well, I'll tell you who I've gone for, and then we can get into this debate. So I've gone for another spring chicken, Uh, somebody (laughs) almost unheard of, (laughs) burrowing their way from obscurity into the mainstream this year. I speak of none other and the ace Hiroshi Tanahashi. Ah, interesting. To me, on the quiet, has had a really wonderful year, which was punctuated by that Tokyo Dome match with Shingo Takagi, where Tana was called upon at the last minute when Okada couldn't make the show and just put in an incredible performance, reminded everybody that he's still the ace, even if mm. New Japan don't necessarily position him. Yeah as such anymore and i think he's had great matches all over the shop you know he's had the the never title reign he's had the u.s title reign he's had the 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 tag team with abushi loads of fun stuff from tana this year and arguably I, his his best year in you know probably what four or five years since... i would say so yeah and i suppose more important than all of that he's somebody that puts a smile on my oh, face 100% particularly seeing him back in prominent positions and doing what he does best it just warms my heart so that's why i put tanner in the precarious number 10 spot he's somebody that just has a just seeing his face makes me smile like how how can you not how can you not love that sort of little that little smile and also how can you not love a man who has a ab cut out in his jacket (laughs) yeah you'd have thought that tony niece would have gotten onto that after a while, really, wouldn't you? You know, given that's his whole thing. But yeah, no, it's perfect. So Tana was my pick for number mm. ten. That said, though, I'm I'm minded to lean towards what you were saying because Oscar was on my shortlist, and I did really agonise about not having them on. Mm-hmm. So, but it's interesting because Tana wasn't on my even on my shortlist. He's somebody that like I completely agree with, but it. You know, as somebody who should and could very easily be on on the happy list, but wasn't somebody that I was minded to to put on. Um, yeah, just great performances uh, every time out the gate. But it just it just didn't one of those people that just didn't spring to my mind for whatever reason. Well, I think on the basis that we both had Oscar, albeit 
they hadn't cracked my list, but were in my squad, <laughs> if you like. The, and, and Tanner wasn't in yours. I think yeah. it's only fair to drop Tanner down to the bench for the time being. Sure. And if you listen last year, that doesn't mean to say he's going to stay there. There's every chance he'll return. Um, <laughs> but let's instill Oscar slash Venny as our number 10. Love it. Yeah, Re- really happy with that. Okay, now, Gareth, I must warn you that there's been some skullduggery this year. <laughs> <laughs> because we did have a we did have a very you know uh, a, a, quite a sizable increase in roster size to select from this year by virtue of the amount of wrestling yes. that we've consumed relative to last year you know we I'll, I'll kick out a graphic over the next couple of weeks but we've upped the amount of promotions we've covered on this podcast by a huge amount and therefore the amount of wrestlers that we've seen mm. it's been a very difficult thing and I don't want anybody to miss out. So I'm not stretching the rules. I think I'm playing within them. Well, but... also, there basically aren't any rules per se. We're kind of making them up as we go along. So it might be we get to uh, the happy list year, like five or something, and there's a much tighter rule set. But as it stands, you know, we'll let the wrestling podcast commissioner, we'll, we'll send it up to them, you know, post-release. Okay, fair enough. Rejudication. Well, in that case, I'm I'm emboldened to state my my number nine pick. So I'm gonna go for Chris Brooks and Master Takanashi. Interesting. So you've gone for us Calamari Drunken Kings. I have, I have. Now the, I suppose the argument could be that how much of CDK as a team have we actually seen? Maybe not that much, but certainly some. But I think I wanted both men on here uh, for their respective efforts. You know, Massa is not somebody I'd seen prior to his return to Choco Pro. Mm-hmm. And he's somebody that I've really fallen for. Yeah. And 100%. I'm always super excited when I see him on a card or see him announce for a card. His um, his Proji shows always look brilliant. And I just think he's he's rad to, to nick some of your vernacular. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> Chris Brooks, on the other hand, is just somebody that I'm always pleased to see on a show yeah. because I think he adds a huge amount, be it in the ring or outside the ring on commentary or as a second, like we saw quite recently when mm. he and Aki were backing up Massa. Um, I just think he adds a great deal. So I wanted both of those men okay. on my list. And given the huge amount of talent we're trying to squeeze in here, I felt like going with CDK was the best way to achieve that. Look, I'm not going to lie. I've done the exact same thing as you, but elsewhere and with different people. Uh, <laughs> good, because I've done it again. So that's good news. <laughs> I'm minded to allow, I'm minded to allow it, but watch yourself, counselor. <laughs> <laughs> understood, understood. All right, who's your number nine pick? Okay, so making his way back to the happy list for the second year in a row, I nominate for number nine, none other than Alex Shelley. Okay, interesting. Well, look, you're you're never going to turn me off with the with the the name of Alex Shelley, yeah. but I'm intrigued by this because I don't feel like I've seen a huge amount of him this year. Let me make my case first of all. So, yes, he was gone for basically three quarters of the year. He he ha- he didn't wrestle. He he basically disappeared in the tail end of 2020, mm-hmm. and he sort of popped back up, reappearing at the GCW Black Label Pro Three Cup Stuff Show. Um, defending his BLP Midwest title 
And since then, he's just been on a run of incredible <laughs> matches. You know, I, I challenge you to give me somebody who's had matches against as, as many fantastic names in as short a period. Let me just... Varied names. And very names. Let me just reel off a few. So we've got Tom Lawler, Gresham, Davey Richards, Daniel Garcia, Wheeler Utah. We've got Matt Cardona, Bandido, Daniel Maccabee, Ruby Soho. That's not an exhaustive list, but those are the names that have really jumped out at me. I've made a point of uh, watching as many of those as I've been able to, and all of them have been very good, and but all have been somewhat different in my experience. Mm. You know, so we spoke a couple of weeks ago about um, his match with Ruby Soho at, at Fate Forever. Love and that. we both really we both really love that you know his match with matt cardona at gcw evil deeds was something completely different as well and was hugely entertaining you know the match with daniel garcia was a different beast the uh, match against tom lawler was a different beast you know every match for me brought something different um, and showed what a versatile wrestler he is and also it just makes me very happy in you know the year of our lord 2021 that alex shelley is still out there putting on bangers Oh man, you put me in a very difficult position here because you know I can't argue against Alex Shelley. I don't want to argue against Alex Shelley, but what makes it even more difficult is your pitching father against son, Shelley versus yes. Brooks. <laughs> oh, this is tough. I suppose if I was to put my emotion aside, mm. my argument would be based on activity. Yeah you know, and the variety of promotions they've been in. You know, Brooks and Massa have done a huge amount this year. Mm -hmm. Both of them have put on their own produce shows, several of them, which have been fantastic. There's been title wins. There's been there's been feuds. The Chris Brooks, Louis Pencil feud in particular deserves its own sure. little mention. But I acknowledge what Shelley's done in a short space of time. I've got no issue with recency bias. You know, if it's good, it's good. So, yeah, it's a real tricky one, this. Mm. Do we want to kind of return to leave them as kind of joint number nines at the moment and we'll carry on up the list and maybe return and, you know, once we get a little bit further up and see how things pan out? Okay, let's do that. That seems like a good idea for the time being. Right, so moving on up, we'll come back to number nine, but I will put forward, again, this is... um, I So I have three returning people from last year's happy list of, of my, the ones I put forward anyway. Mm -hmm. And this is the second of the three. This is somebody again, that I love his work. You know, he is seemingly timeless and ageless, just can have great matches against a variety of opponents. Her very different, you know, much like Alex Shelley can have, you know, different matches with, you know, kind of different style matches, depending on who, who's, who he's up against and somebody who, simultaneously makes me very happy but also scares the bejesus out of me ah. i am nominating for number eight minoru suzuki ah perfect wonderful you know i just thought this is probably less reliant necessarily on his actual overall body of work because you know his body of work's always strong like no matter who you you put him against he's gonna have a, a good match you know that's just the way it is um but I just I loved his sort of tour of the tour of America in the Indies. Oh, it was great, wasn't it? It was so refreshing and just felt like a guy going out there and 
to to coin an absolutely horribly overused phrase living his best life yeah you know he, he just looked like he was having fun popping up everywhere against everyone in such a short space of time mm-hmm. as well you know even the impact stuff i'm sure that was pre-arranged long in advance but it felt like it just got squeezed in at the end yeah. like oh do you fancy coming over and yeah. having a banger with josh alexander oh go on then so yeah hard to hard to kind of argue against suzuki i think he obviously can't count towards well again there's no rules but shouldn't count towards you know the rankings here but my word that match with brian danielson just so great i love one of my match. favorites of the year like just definitely. just perfect definitely if it existed in this universe then it would count for a huge amount. I couldn't agree more. It was wonderful. The whole little run was wonderful, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just loved it. Every bit I saw is stuff with Emmy, you know, Emmy Sakura as well, you know, like their kind of backstage stuff and little videos Emmy was posting. And yeah. And like also his social media presence is great. He wa- he shows off his awesome socks that he wears <laughs> all the time. <laughs> like I think that should count for something. You know, I, this, I one of the sc- one of the scariest men that's ever lived showing off his cute socks. I felt for sure he'd be a Crocs man, but no, (laughs) he's, I don't know why. (laughs) Uh, The Crocs pile driver. Anyway, um, okay, interesting. Let's talk more about this in a second. I'll tell you who I've got at number eight. There is a plot twist here. Mm -hmm. So my number eight, I've gone for a team again, Mm -hmm. but this is a more bona fide team. And I admit there's some personal bias creeping in here. But I'll explain. My number eight is Aussie Open. Ah, interesting. Mark Davis, Kyle Fletcher. Reason why anybody who's listened to this podcast over the last six months will know that I've been very excited by the Australian pro wrestling scene of recent. Fallen in love with it, you might say. But long before that, Aussie Open, when they were tearing up over on these shores, they were my favorite act going. And just to see them come back, you know, after a period of inactivity and forced inactivity and have some crazy good matches, in particular the Velocities match, but the the LSX match as well. They've been doing great stuff in Rev Pro too, and it appears that they're New Japan bound, which is awesome. Just seeing them back has put a massive smile on my face because they're basically my favourite act out there now. So that's why a hugely biased pick, but that's why I've put Aussie Open on here. Now, the twist... Minoru Suzuki is also on my list. Okay. Just not at number eight. Mm. I've got him further up. So on that basis, would you be happy to stick with Aussie Open for now? Happy to slide Aussie, Aussie Open into the number eight spot. Let's keep him there for now. Folks, if you didn't listen last year, nothing is crystallized until right at the end. So there's plenty <laughs> of room for negotiation. What you hear now may be vastly different from what we end up with. Anyway, moving on up to number seven. This is an interesting one because I was putting together the list and I did feel like there was a, a huge bias towards Japan. I don't know I have a problem with that because I think a lot of the stuff that we watch is from Japan and it's all good stuff. But when I was thinking about who I've really enjoyed from the US or who who excites me from the US or who's doing something different, mm. There's a, there were a handful of names that came up, but the only one that's made it off the bench is Ali Catch. Oh, and this is because I knew Ali Catch as Ali Cat, and 
thought she was just fine. But this year as Ali Catch, I think she's been a real standout in the US. I've really enjoyed the matches that we've seen of hers in GCW. I think she's vastly improved. And with this whole aggressive demeanor, I think it really suits her. But the thing that I really, really like about her are her promos. Mm -hmm. GCW, for all the production issues that we've discussed on this podcast when watching the actual shows, they have put together some incredible uh, video teasers and trailers for their shows. And Ali Catch is such a good talker. Like if you go back and look at the the video prior to the Thunder Rose about the one uh, for the Hammerstein Ballroom show, she just talks so eloquently and passionately and honestly, and it feels very real. So I've been really impressed with her, and she's somebody that I think will do big, big things next year as well. So I've been very impressed with mm-hmm. her trajectory so far. So she's my pitch for number seven. Interesting. So I had Bussy were on my long list. So they didn't ah. make it onto the top 10, but they were very much on my radar. I've been loving their feud with uh, Matt Cardona and Chelsea Green. So yeah, she's somebody that's very much caught my eye. You know, she enjoyed her last year as well from what we saw. You know, I think she, the only way is up for catch. But there's a catch, isn't there? <laughs> What's the catch? She didn't make my list, unfortunately. She didn't make the long, the short it. list. But for number seven, I again, I chose a relatively young up-and-comer, somebody that's had a, again, I would say another person with a breakout year, won, their, I think, their first big singles title and has very recently made it to a tournament final. I'm talking about none other than Sauna Kamina member Yuki Ueno. Ah. Sauna Kamina, I need come. <laughs> yep. His universal title reign, I thought, did him absolutely wonders. I thought it raised the stock of the title. It raised his stock tremendously, which is obviously what a title reign should do. You know, they they worked for each other. I can agree more. And then his recent Dio Grand Prix final match against his Sauna Kamina brethren in Takeshita was one of my favorite matches of the year. My word. Yeah, absolutely. Look, mate, you're going to get no argument for me on Yuki Ueno. He's been comfortably one of my favourite wrestlers of the entire year. Much like the last pick, he does feature on my list, Mm -hmm. unsurprisingly. But I think that one's going to be a bit of a conversation. All right. So So, are we sliding catch into the number seven spot? No, I think what we should do is we'll just we'll leave that one even for the time being okay, and just see how things shake out. So we'll leave Ali Catch. Another draw in another for, draw for, for now. For now. And um, we'll see how we get to when we get mm. to the more debatable spots. So I'm really enjoying the kind of ones where we've, I feel like we've put forward strong arguments for both, both nine and seven spots. Um, yeah. And I think this is going to be, this is going to be a real struggle. <laughs> It is going to be a struggle, and I'm pleased that we've come up with different people because my fear was that we were going to come up with the same people. But there's no way that we finish this podcast without UNO being on the list in one form or another. Yeah, absolutely. That much is a certainty. Okay, let's go up to number six. And I have you to thank for this because I had my list 
and my squad and I was <laughs> sinking paracetamol and figuring out what I was going to do. And then you mentioned something to me earlier today about a match that you'd been watching for next week's show, which is our favourite matches of the year show. Equally challenging to yeah. put together, I might add. I've been spending the last couple of days just going through a laundry list of matches that I missed, but I know have been pimped and, you know, to my shame, hadn't yet seen. What a life. What a wonderful life you're living. But anyway, you you saying this person's <laughs> name prompted me and I thought, you know what? Whenever I think of that guy, it makes me happy. So he's got to be on the list, or at least I've got a pitch in for the list. So I put forward for my number six, Takashi Segura. Can you give me your uh, argument, please? Why why should Segura be? Because he's cool as fuck. <laughs> you get no argument from me. He's incredible. You know, he's 50 or 51 years old. He's... I love all this pre-match stuff, you know, we talked about before where he's in these, you know, stuffy Noah press conferences and he's downing a beer or just being jovial with Sakuraba or what have you. And, you know, I love that side of his persona, but then yep. when he's in there, he's having absolute bangerangs, be it in singles. He's a killing machine, you know, great singles matches, great tag team matches. You mentioned the match with uh, Masato Tanaka, which has Jesus. got rave reviews. If you haven't seen that, you need to see that. I haven't. I'll, I'll have seen it before we release next week's show. That's for damn sure. The the match with him and Sakuraba against the aggression is oh. one I'm already considering for that list. Yes, absolutely. I love that match. Again, you'll get no argument from me. I think that's going to... I'd be surprised if that does not end up in the top 10. Yeah. Like, spo- spoiler alert. Sorry, guys. <laughs> I just think he's brilliant. And I think of all the Noah people, uh, I don't mind telling you that Kano's in my squad, you know, because he's a, he's a Noah wrestler that makes me smile. And, you know, I think he's just, he's wonderful. And so idiosyncratic is the, the term that we've coined for him, um, much in the same way that UFC constantly referred to Leo Mashida as having been elusive. Kano is only ever idiosyncratic on this here podcast. But for me, Segura edges it between the two just because I just think he's such a breath of fresh air for a 50-year-old bruiser who's just the most relaxed dude outside of the ring. So that's my pitch for Segura. Well, you're getting an argument for me. It's unanimous. I also had Segura placed firmly at number six. Did you? I did. Amazing. Yes. There we go. So he's this year's Minoru Suzuki because we both placed him at number four last year. He's the the cool uncle who still fucks. Yeah, does he <laughs> ever? Does he ever? <laughs> New Japan can have their dads. Noah has the cool uncles. <laughs> Mate, yeah. That was our best tweet ever. Oh, wonderful stuff. Okay, well, that's a lock then. So yeah. Segura is in at number yeah. six. I love this. Just to throw down why he made my list. For him, it was the quality of the matchups and what a character is he outside the ring. And probably... I'd say probably the wrestler I'd most like to have a beer with. Yeah, I know what you're saying. And I, I don't drink beer, but I'd have a beer with Segura. Yeah. You know, I couldn't rock up and ask for a soft drink or a coffee with that dude. Yeah. He's just too cool. So you, it'd have to be. You and me and Sakuraba, Fujita and Segura, please, all out for a for a pint. And Fujita. Fujita genuinely scares <laughs> me. Like, <laughs> 
Oh, and I'm terrible at stare-offs as well. So if you start okay. one of those, I'd fold real quick. Okay, wonderful. Well, we we are unanimous in number six then. So who have you got for number five? Oof. So this is somebody that completely slipped my mind and then it occurred to me today. And I was like, Jesus, how could I possibly not have them on my list? It's somebody who has had a sort of change of trajectory this year. And I didn't know if it was going to work for them, but it has paid off in spades. I am talking about none other than Starlight Kid. So, you know, when I said I was really worried we were just going to say the same people. (laughs) Have we fallen into that trap, have we? Uh, Yeah, I'm in complete agreement. Starlight Kid is my number five. (laughs) What a year she's had, though. I mean... When she was forced to join Oedo Tai, I was like, you know, oh, well, surely she's going to, it's going to be a very short stint. She's going to fight it. But no, she just took on that dark side of her persona and it's just been an annoying little shit (laughs) ever since. (laughs) Just picking fights with Momo constantly. I love it so much. Just please stop. Really, she's been for me the the highlight of um stardom this year yeah couldn't agree more could not agree more this new persona this oedo tai influence persona has just been a huge breath of fresh air and she was by no means exhausted as the character she was before but this is just jump-started her you know just injected so much new life and I would have just never thought she had it in her from what we'd seen previously to be this character. But as you said, she's, she's the worst, you know, like when she gets in people's faces, once she's beating them, she's horrible. The the best example I can think of is when she beat Natsu Poi for the belt and she was, <laughs> she was brutal afterwards. Wasn't she? <laughs> just the worst winner ever. So <laughs> yeah. long may it continue. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. You know, I think realistically, the sky is the limit for um, Starlight Kid uh, under this current guise. Yep, 100%. Yeah, totally agree. <laughs> cool. If there's like an abrupt cut in the editing of the podcast, <laughs> too, just assume that Liam and I kept going and completely agreed the whole rest of the way and had to go back in and uh, re-record. We, we definitely haven't. We definitely haven't with number four. So, um, and the reason I know that is because number four, I kept consistent with last year, and this is where I place Minoru Suzuki. Ah, okay, yeah, fair. So you know we've we've kind of put forward. I'm assuming your logic for Suzuki is similar to my own. Like it, it really was. I just loved that explosion of activity the the novelty the variety of it when he was over here in the u.s over here in the u.s when he was over in the u.s Wish, wishful thinking yes Wishing he was I mean, over here. not just that though you, we mustn't sleep on what he did in the in japan as well he did have some fun matches um yes okay he was in multi-man purgatory for quite a long period uh, of his time in japan this year but he did have some fun matches. I think he was in the New Japan Cup that he had some good stuff. Um, but it, if I'm honest, the majority of this is based on this 
six week or however long it was run in the US. It was refreshing, it was vibrant, it was silly, and it was reflective of what I interpret to be his character and that mm. he's just somebody that gets it. Yeah, know? absolutely. Yeah. He, it was just a really joyful run. That's like it. it made it just made wrestling fans happy. Yeah. Everybody's pleased more. to see him. Like, you know, every for every show he got announced for, you know, people were just going bananas. Yeah. Yeah. And quite right too. So that was my reason. So very much along the same lines as you to put uh, Minoru Suzuki in at number four. Okay, so this might be a tough one then, because I have chosen, uh, I've chosen a unit here that have had a great year as a team and a great year both as, as singles. I think it's hard not to make a case for them to be on the happy list. Oh, uh, we know them, we love them. It is Best Bros. <laughs> okay. Wow. <laughs> Well, colour me intrigued. This throws a lot open because I had assumed that Best Bros would be on your list. But I don't know. I think I might have pegged them to be slightly higher. This is interesting stuff. Man. Okay. Well, Best Bros are on my list as well. Okay. Well, should we have Best Bros battle it out further up the list then? And, you know, because I think it would be... We'd be remiss not to feature Minoru Suzuki on here. I couldn't agree more. I mean, Suzuki can slot in for now, but in theory could contest some of the spaces further up the list. Okay. So let's pop him in for now and we'll see where we get to. And we'll come back to best bros and <laughs> make our respective pitches. But I suppose it, it would be good just to hear your rationale for now. So what? why were the best bros in it? Number four for you. They've basically had a year-long reign as the Asia dream tag team champions i think the day this goes up they will be i think a week shy of holding the belts for an entire year which is a feat in itself they have had numerous title defenses and excellent title defenses at that which they've come out on the winning side of Mm -hmm. for the last year they've been the beating heart and soul of chocker pro i think that's really hard hard to argue against a promotion that we both love and also that makes both of us i think tremendously happy to watch yeah no i couldn't agree more then as individuals they've had great matches as well you know um i don't know if it full actually does this fall under the in the voting period but may saruga's match against mizuki was just one of the sort of my favorite one of my favorite singles matches in recent memory oh from chocobro 100 mm-hmm. yeah definitely i love that match absolutely but also may's efforts in uh in the Japan side of the women's eliminated tournament for AW is, you know, she, so she's had more prominence. She has, or somebody that looks very much like her has had an absolutely tremendous run in Tokyo Joshi Pro also winning tag team gold there. Hold on a second. Are we making an additional entry? Is that what you're saying? (laughs) Okay. Right. (laughs) Forget that. And then Balianaki is also having a great year. You know, he was part of the Gamba Pro title tournament recently he's starting to pop up more in ddt yeah he's had a number of singles matches in choco pro that have been tops as well so yeah i think it's just hard to argue against the pair of them featuring somewhere on this list uh, for the amount of joy that they've brought me in yeah 2021 well that's that's all fair and good okay well let's come back to the best bros then okay right we're into skullduggery territory deep, deep waters deep waters indeed so my number three 
I've employed a similar tactic to, to what I did with CDK. <laughs> so I have submitted the tenuous team of the tag team destroyers in Rina Yamashita and Minoru Fujita. <laughs> because these are two people that I want on this list. Um, we've spoken at length, probably more off air than on, about Minoru Fujita and just how much fun he is yeah. because he's a deathmatch guy, ostensibly. You know, he is a, a brutal brawler who pops up in freedoms and all the the deepest depths of hardcore wrestling in Japan. And yet he turns up in Chocker Pro as part of the pencil army. <laughs> He's just wonderful. I, I'm so intrigued by this man. Mm. Um, and then Rina Yamashita, who we've spoken more about on this show, is again, a bit like we were saying with Asuka, living the freelance dream in Japan, popping up in ice ribbon women belts and ice ribbon she's in choco pro she's in freedoms as well she's in tokyo joshi pro against noah she's all over the shop yeah and just fantastic and in gcw more recently as well mm-hmm. over in the states and just consistently good wildly entertaining and 100 deserving to be on this list now we could entertain splitting these up should the debate take us that way. But for the time being, I'm submitting them as a team, the tag team destroyers. Interesting. Yeah, I I find that unit a little harder to swallow as a... But, like, it's within our very vague rules that we've established that units are allowed, I guess. Look, man, one turns up with a pigeon helmet, the other with an elephant mask, okay? They're a team. <laughs> Stupid. Um, so I I had Yamashita uh, on my long list. She didn't make the the top ten, but oh, she was wow. some she was someone that was very much on my radar. I do love seeing her pop up anywhere. I also love Fujita. Fujita sadly was somebody that again didn't didn't even make the long list. Didn't it just didn't occur to me? But now you mentioned on the bench. Oh my god! Now you mentioned it. I'm just like, oh yeah, of course. Like how did that not occur to me? But there we go. It is owing to the depth of the universe, isn't it? It's there's, true. It's, it's very a, true. A, a vast list. Go on then. So who's your who's your perspective number three? Number three is the current reigning and defending GHC heavyweight champion, Nakajima. Ah, interesting. Interesting. Yeah, Nakajima's been brilliant. Okay, talk, talk me through it. Well, it's just been, what, back at the start of the year, he had his match as part of Congo winning the GHC heavyweight tag team titles. Incredible match. Uh, he had one of the most interesting and un- unusual matches within Noah with his cage match against uh, Kitamiya. Mm-hmm. And then... Yeah, utterly unique. And then more recently, he's had his title win and uh, spate of matches with Keno, which have just been top draw. So charismatic, really interesting. Like, f- feels like he has a real depth of character. Um, really interested to see where things go for him. Um, he's got the prospect of defending the title against his former Axis tag team partner, Goshi Ozaki, on the horizon. Mm. Um, he's just, yeah, what a year this man has had. He's gone from strength to strength to strength. And I just think it's very difficult not to hold him in incredibly high regards. Yeah, yeah. You know what? I think you're probably right. What was somebody that I thought about? He 
wasn't on my bench, believe it or not. Wow. I know. But when you put it like that, it's very difficult to make a firm argument against it. It's just been really wonderful watching him march his way up the card and back to the title over the course of a calendar year, basically. Mm, mm. Yeah. Each step of the journey has been completely engrossing. Yeah, he's very compelling, isn't he? And particularly when you contrast what you see now to what you saw when he was aligned with Go with Axis, he was very much a white meat baby face at that point. And he didn't look at all intimidating as well, which I find fascinating. I can't say it. And now he's the devil incarnate. It's bizarre. <laughs> Although he's an absolutely lovely man to interview. Um, and, and just the coolest guy. <laughs> Still very sad I missed out on that one. Oh, I know. I wish, you'd, I wish you'd been there for that. He was just the coolest guy. He kept making these little asides to the camera, <laughs> which obviously you don't pick up on the podcast. But he'd say something, wait for it to be interpreted, and then just hit you with a little thumbs up or something <laughs> like, you know, or like a raise of the just eyebrows. Real pleased with himself. Oh, he was great. He was just the coolest. Yeah. What a winner. You know, some guys you just have an expectation of and they don't quite meet it. He was exactly what I thought he'd be. Yeah, <laughs> he was he's, just cool. <laughs> he's the champion of my heart, I think, as well as the GHD heavyweight champion. <laughs> Yeah, okay, mate. Well, I can't argue that one. I think you bang on. So Nakajima's got to go in at number three. Whee! Let's see if we can find a spot for one the, or both the of the destroyers yeah. later on. We'll relitigate the earlier part of the, the lower part of the list, I think, once. Absolutely. Right. I'm fascinated to hear who your number two is then. <laughs> so somebody again that has had a not not a breakout year, but has had You've got to argue one of the kayfabe, probably the best years of any wrestler. He's won three tournaments, is the champion of their promotion, and just an all-around great guy. <laughs> Konosuke Takeshita the main is man. my choice for number two. What, what a year he has had. He won the tag team tournament with Shuma. He won the Dio Grand Prix 2021 Part 2. And he won the... King of DDT tournament as well. Absolutely. And beat Uncle Jung. And he finally slayed the dragon. The yep. the kind of monkey on his back for the last 12 months. Reclaimed the top spot in DDT. Um, has got a, formed a great unit in the Sauna Kamina. That have went had, on excursion. Went on excursion. Has had a great run of multi-fan matches as well. And yeah, just... Also has a really fun social media presence. He's just mm-hmm. a supremely likable guy. You love to see him back on back on top. And yeah, just really looking forward to seeing what the future holds for Takeshita and his title run. Yeah. Okay. Well, no arguments in terms of Takeshita, but we've spoken about Ueno earlier, so mm. we're in agreement <laughs> that both of those men deserve to be on this list. However. Are we really saying that Shinma hasn't had a year worthy enough of being on this list? He too won that tag team tournament and was part of the tag team champions. He had that brilliant match with Chris Brooks. The coffin match. Indeed. Yeah, where he went absolutely crazy. <laughs> he beat Uncle Jun in the King of DDT tournament from, from memory. Uh, he's done lots of good stuff too, as has Mao, for example. <laughs> and it seems a great shame oh, no. to Subterfuge. miss. Subterfuge. 
all of these great wrestlers. Jacques. So my number two <laughs> is the sauna cleaner. Incredible. Because <laughs> they've just, as a collective, had a wonderful hey. year as well. Mm. I'd absolutely buy the argument with Takeshita in particular, but as a collective, they've had a fantastic year too. Goodness. What a great bit of lateral thinking. Like, because it just wouldn't occur to me to submit a whole stable. Well, if it was like the NWO, yeah. then that's probably pushing it. But this is a four-man group. As a collective, yes, they've what a year they've had. Like they They're naked yeah. friends. <laughs> <laughs> I love them so much. Yeah, they really, they really bring joy to my life. Yes, I am happy, you know, I think also because my number two is a part of your number two. It's very easy to rubber stamp this. It opens up the seven spots, makes way for catch to have the seven spot, and we put the um, the sauna Camina in it at number at number two. Any Ooh. any other um, logical reasoning for you for the for the Camina? I think they've just been really fun and exciting, and really encapsulate the the wrestling side of DDT along with the fun. Like they do a great job of highlighting what's brilliant about ddt you know as a as a stable if you were to say to somebody why, why watch ddt you could show them the sauna camino and get all of what makes it fun you know it's got that they do silly stuff they do wacky stuff but they do brilliant stuff you know so for me they're, they're the very essence of a promotion that i've come to absolutely adore so that's probably the main reason for putting them in as a four i think if i was pushed then I would have arrived at the same conclusion as you and had just Take and Ueno. But it would just seem a real shame because Mao's had some fun spots, but certainly Shumna, I think, would reasonably feel quite hard done by to have not made the list because he's been involved in some yeah. really fun spots this year. So Absolutely. I'm keen to acknowledge him. Mm. So I'm delighted that you come on board with that one. You, you worried me when you dismissed the tag team destroys. I'm very pleased to have got that one through. It was more that they more loosely aligned. You know, I don't think of them as always being, yeah, they don't go from like promotion to promotion together. Pigeon hat, elephant mask, 13. There's no dispute in this. You wouldn't wear it, otherwise. That's the truth. Okay. All right. All right. Okay. Well, I'm delighted with that. So this is going to get really interesting now. <laughs> Because I'm sure you'll have figured out who I haven't said. Mm -hmm. You'd be thinking that I'd probably say. Yes. Um, One, and there's somebody you've mentioned that is on your list, but that hasn't shown up yet. So I'm I'm fairly certain I know who this is going to be. So my number one are the best bros. The Asian Dream Tag Team Champions. Mm. Because I just think they've had a brilliant year. And when I think of any act in wrestling at the second that puts a smile on my face, it's absolutely Aki and May. Yeah. For various different reasons. You did a great job of summarizing it earlier. You know, a slew of brilliant matches, a wonderful title reign. Their social media presence is fun. Their, their YouTube live streams together are fun. Aki's great on commentary. May's doppelgangers a laugh as well. You know, there's just so much to like and, I, I love this Asia Dream tag title reign. Mm. I'm, I think I'm in the growing minority that doesn't want it to end anytime soon. Mm. And yeah, I fear it may. And I'm excited to see where that potentially takes them. If that does, 
if that does end up being the case. Mm -hmm. So the best bros are my number one. I'm super intrigued to hear who you've got as yours, because I felt for sure we'd be aligned to this. So when you threw that out, that was a world-changing curveball for me. So go on, who's your number one? So this wrestler is somebody that has, throughout the last 365 days, has made me feel the widest possible range of emotions that I think a wrestler can make you feel. You know, I've laughed, I've cried, been happy for them, I've been sad for them, but... Anytime they're on my screen, it is a joy to behold. You know, not necessarily having five-star work rate classics, but is always interesting to watch. My number one is the leader of the Pencil Army, none other than Lulu Pencil. Oh, man. Oh, wow. He's gone Lulu. She has brought me no end of happiness in wrestling these last these, this last year. Not, not least from wishing me a very happy birthday. Yes. Back in June. Yeah. On a show, on a Choco Pro show, which took me completely by surprise. So thank you for setting <laughs> that up. Um, and I oh, thank Aki. <laughs> I'm, the, also, I'm also the proud owner of a pair of uh, pink dungarees now. Uh, I've been in, inducted into the, the Pencil Army. Um, you know, how could I not? Fair and valid point. Yeah, Lulu's had a great year. And absolutely should be on the list and does make you feel very happy as well. But more interestingly, I suppose, and you could say the same for Aki, you know, it's what they do uniquely in Chocker Pro is that they've, they've both made me sad at various points as yes, well. Not necessarily absolutely. angry, but they've made me sad, which is such a yeah. rarity in wrestling, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. such a unique feeling for wrestling. So, yeah, powerful, man. Powerful Lily Pencil. When she got that fall over Brooks. Oh. I, I literally had tears streaming down my cheeks. I yeah. was so happy for her. Yeah, it was moving, like tears, tears of joy for, for Lulu. You're right. I can't remember the last time wrestling had made me feel that. Like It definitely has in, in the 21 plus years I've been a fan, but I couldn't tell you when that last was. Yeah, no, I couldn't agree more. We've got to have Lulu on there. What a testament to the magic of Choco Pro that both of our respective number one picks hail from that promotion. Yeah, absolutely. So therefore I conclude that we should simply insert Choco Pro as a promotion as number one. <laughs> <laughs> the, the roster of Choco Pro. Yeah. Look, number one is Japan. <laughs> <laughs> the entire, yeah. The entire wrestling contingent of Japan. Uh, <laughs> ridiculous but yeah i i think that's the only way we can do it is yeah is choco pro the rest the rust choco pro roster have made us incredibly happy this year are you gonna go along with that oh, i wow. am oh of wow. course of course i think you've basically you know the the give an inch take a mile <laughs> <laughs> is what we're, what we're seeing in action here that all the slippery slope <laughs> argument i've been worn down by tag team you know very consistent tag teams people that tag together all the time you know then i guess i guess i'll accept your argument the tag team destroyers are a legitimate unit to our whole stable and now a whole promotions roster (laughs) (laughs) oh great i love it wonderful so the chocker pro roster (laughs) is 
is in at number one of our happy list. Ridiculous. Yeah, I'm for it. I'm absolutely all for it. Um, <laughs> we need to have a, I think, a trophy crafted and sent to, <laughs> and sent to Ishigaya. Yeah, we're going to need to. We're going to need to expedite that Patreon we've been talking about if we're going to start sending trophies <laughs> around. <laughs> Ridiculous. Um, okay, so let's recap on where we are then. So the there's list... more business to settle here. So does that then, I would argue, puts CDK as part of that, which opens number nine just being Alex Shelley? Bang on. Yeah, you're quite right. That basically then leaves us... So this is the list as it stands. At number 10, we have Asuka. Nine is Alex Shelley. Eight is Aussie Open. Seven is Ali Catch. Six is Segura. Five is Starlight Kid. Four is Minoru Suzuki. Three is Nakajima. Two is the Sona Kamina. And one is the entire roster of Choco Pro. Because do you know what as well? What we also get with the entire roster of Choco Pro are the tag team destroyers. So <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> If you're keeping score at home, I won. So <laughs> you really did. Oh, good. Like, go back and listen to this as you know, if you ever need to like win a negotiation, like Liam, you can tell Liam is in business, has been in business. He sort of knows how to get what he wants. I uh, watching YouTube videos on sort of you know, critical thinking and stuff all day today. I've just been working my way into this whole, whole process, ready to go. Basically, Darren Browning me. <laughs> People mentioned that, but that haven't ended up on the list. Tanahashi. Yep. End of list. <laughs> so shall we just for a bit of fun go through our benches as well? I don't yeah, know if absolutely. you've got your bench written down. I do, um, I do. So mine's a bit shorter than yours. So do you want to go first and sort of blast yes. through them? So this was my my long list. Um, also featured um, Janakiyama. Again, just for the brilliant work he's done in DDT, um, I thought he he's somebody who unexpectedly really got the vibe of DDT. You know, I loved seeing him at the uh, come out with Yoshiko at the end of Cyber Fight Festival and just, you know, being very silly and fun, being part of the recent Tokyo Dome street match, part of that, uh, very silly, but also just having banger matches as well. Couldn't um, agree more. The feud with Take was great. I also had Miyu Master. I had what a reign she's had as Tokyo Joshi Pro Princess of Princess Champion. She's had an amazing run as part of 1 to 1 million with Maki Ito. Yeah, they could feel hard done by, I think, by not making the list. Speaking of 1 to 1 million, Maki Ito just missed out. I thought she's had, you know, certainly her best in-ring year ever. Winning the Tokyo Princess Cup, I eight, I believe it was, you know, and then going on to face her partner um, at... Uh, Russell Princess 2, you know, what a year. Um, again, has become a huge star overseas as well, you know, by going on excursion. And yeah, so she's had an absolutely fantastic year, you know, and really was just just off the bottom, you know, was like 10.5 for me. And then just also in Tokyo Joshi Pro, while we're there, Mizuki, I thought she had a fantastic year, you know, and she just seems to be going from strength to strength. I had Masato Tanaka, like... What a run of matches he's had this year as well. Amazing, amazing. Saki Akai, you know, I thought she's brought me a lot of joy. I, you know, be it in DDT, be it in Tokyo Joshi. Bussy, I mentioned earlier, I thought they, they've they had a really good year as well. Both of them have, I feel like, have, again, gone from strength to strength. Lee Moriarty, what a year that man's had. Yeah. 
uh, Jonathan Gresham. Yeah, the octopus. Yeah. Potentially the final Ring of Honor champion. Brody King. I really enjoyed his work between ROH uh, and New Japan. And yeah, that was that was the remainder of my 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 long list. That's a great list. Yeah, a great list. Okay, so just to add to that then, names that I mentioned include Keno and, oh, I didn't mention her actually. So Mi Watanabe. Oh, great shout. Yeah. Possibly one for next year, but we'll see. And Hikari Nera also. Mm-hmm. Tokyo Joshi Pro as a whole probably yeah feel understandably hard done by because i've absolutely loved that promotion this year and so many great wrestlers from it so it, it seems a shame not to have a, a representative but there we are may sort of uh fills that bill but we're not going to get into this conversation again <laughs> not after she shut you down on, on the podcast <laughs> yeah who else matt cardona yeah, after rewatching his some of the bits and pieces he's done in GCW, yeah, you're you're quite right. If only he was that character in his main promotion, because mm-hmm. if you watch him Impact, I just think he's so dry compared to all the stuff he's doing on the Indies and in GCW. He's infuriating in GCW. He's perfect. He gets it. Like I love. He the, gets it perfectly. The, the new the nuance, the little things he does. Yeah. And, you know, now he's popping up in the NWA as well. So I wouldn't be surprised to see Matt Cardona hit the list next year. And the last one for me was the Prez, President Takagi. Yeah. Makes me very happy indeed. Um, I suppose uh, I I could have probably put Anita on the list as well because he makes me smile. The fact that he's 60 and still setting people and himself on fire, that's also good fun. So. But I'm oh, I'm happy with this list. I yeah. think this is a strong list indeed. So just to, once again, just to run down. So number 10 is Oscar Venny. Number 9, Alex Shelley. Number 8, Aussie Open. Number 7, Ali Catch. Number 6, Takashi Segura. Number 5, Starlight Kid. Number 4, Minoru Suzuki. Number 3, Katsuka Nakajima. Number 2, The Sauna Kamina as a stable. And number 1, Choco Pro. <laughs> As a, as a as a promotion we've really set some bad precedents <laughs> i remember watching a tv show years ago i think it was called legends of tomorrow it was on it was like the dc arrowverse mm. and it was all about time travel and one of the reviews i think of like episode three it started off with something along the lines of this show has literally already broken all of its own rules and that's us <laughs> like, well we, we didn't just... have any rules to break but we've just good point good point we've just set awful terrible no good <laughs> precedents for ourselves well in what may become a catchphrase because i i know i said it last year because we briefly listened to it before we started this it's called the happy list i'm not going to make myself sad over it. it's just <laughs> <laughs> so we want to put chocker pro on we're putting chocker pro on that's it so there we go i'm delighted with that list it is crystallized it's locked in that my friends is your happy list for the year 2021 but that's not where things stop. We want to know who made your happy list for 2021. So let us know. Tweet us, hit us up on Instagram, or drop us an email to do the first of those two things. You can head over to those respective platforms and search for at wrestling pod. That's wrestling without the E. For the email, it's wrestling pod again, wrestling without the E at gmail.com. We want to hear from you. Tell us who you think made you happiest in this year, 2021, we'd be delighted to hear from you. 
yeah, any responses we get, I think um, our first episode back um, of the new year, I'd love to run through those on the air. You know, potentially, if we get enough people coming back to us, I may even try and sort of rank them. Uh, you know, sort of assign them all a points value and come up with a the listener submitted happy list. Oh, that's a great idea. That's such a good idea. Oh yeah. Okay. Well, fingers crossed then. Do get your your votes in, folks, and and we'll put that one together and see what the wrestling podcast audience has to say. For listeners, though, I am going to set a precedent and say no whole rosters. <laughs> do as we say, not as we do. <laughs> Because otherwise, I'm just imagining a it would just be like the number one Tokyo Joshi Pro roster, number two the New Japan. <laughs> you start your own bloody podcast for that. No, fair enough. I wouldn't be mad if I see it, but yeah, I'll let Gareth be the judge. <laughs> hey, I've I've got to do all the analytics. This is the point. Yeah, that just um, makes that incredibly difficult. <laughs> oh my gosh, wonderful stuff. Well, that is it. We're wrapped for the Happy List 2021. So thank you guys for joining us. Hope you enjoyed that as much as we did. And next week, we're going to be back with our favorite matches of 2021. So we try and put a, a little twist on these end of year lists because they are fun to do, but they're so, so subjective. And we don't want to offer you anything beyond the fact that we enjoyed something. That's kind of it, really. So these are the matches that we most enjoyed throughout 2021. I think we've set our target at being 15. We'll see. there you go absolutely so we will see you guys next week for that folks if you celebrate christmas then uh merry christmas to you hope you have a wonderful day tomorrow if you don't just have a lovely day and hope you enjoyed the podcast and we will catch you next week yes we will be back on new year's eve to bring you our favorite matches of 2021 fabulous stuff wrestlingpod.com is a place you need to go for any links of where else to download from if you're thinking of switching podcast platform and struggling to find us due to our bloody awful seo then that's probably going to be the best place to help you out you can also find links to our personal twitters and all that good stuff as well that's us folks we have wrapped in the meantime stay happy stay safe and enjoy the grabs. Mm-hmm.